We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into another episode of the Goodman and Hummel podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He is Rob Hummel, and he looks. You look a little tired. I got to say, you look a little tired for this one. My dedication to the pod cannot yeah. be questioned any longer because <laughs> I didn't get home until 2 a.m. last night, and here we are at nine central, which isn't super early, but I also could have used another hour of sleep probably. But because I just grind for this company and probably don't even get paid for it, I am up. We pay you well. Doster, don't yeah. accuse Doster of not paying you. You get paid. Who are you kidding? I just wow. asked Doster for a Final Four credential. He said, what if I say no? I was. I said, fine. <laughs> then I won't do any shows. I don't care. Um, how about, hey, your schedule compared. Give me, give me the NBA player's schedule. When you were in the league. Because everybody, those afternoon naps were like yeah. a thing that everybody did, right? Like, they weren't power 20-minute naps either, were they? No, they were like an hour, hour and a half, two hours for some guys. But the, honestly, everyone talks about how in the NBA it's so hard and the travel's so hard. It's really not. Especially when you've played overseas. You know, right. you, you realize that you've got a floating training room on your, your private jet that takes off after the games. And when you land at, let's say, LAX to play the Lakers and your charter bus pulls up to take you to the Beverly Hills Montage Hotel, well, life is not that bad. Right, right. Uh, but like on a game day, it would be wake up at 9, 9.30, have a breakfast meeting, most likely, where there's breakfast and food, even though you were paid $129 in per diem. Um, the spread is impressive. It's breakfast and lunch. Um, go to shoot around, shoot for 45 minutes or an hour, walk through some stuff, go through some plays, go back to the hotel. If you want to take a nap, maybe have some film and then you're free until the first bus leaves. It's a good life. You miss it's a good life. Yeah, you, you miss that life. Don't you? It, it you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's not been an e it's not, listen, I really enjoy calling games. I really enjoy what I'm doing right now, but it was way easier playing in the NBA than it is doing some of the grind of, of TV. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, so they had a floating training table in, uh, on the no, no, I, the plane, but I'm just saying they've got Norma tech. Oh, I just got... didn't know if they had like literally people like your, 
Are you thinking like, like the UFOs that we? <laughs> no, no, no. I meant like working on you. Like if you needed stuff. Yeah, no, you could get stuff. Now, like it wasn't like massage or anything. We we had massage therapists that would go on the trips, but they weren't doing it on the plane. But you right. could you could use the the game readies to ice your knees or ice your ankle or your shoulder. Or they had all the attachments, or the the Normatec boots that are good for recovery. They had those. Did um, you play car? Hey. Were you ever a part of that? You didn't make big money. Were you a part of the card games? So I would watch, but I, I, I was not. I only played a handful of times because I just knew I don't have can't keep up guts to to be like, oh, I'm going all in before the you know the first flop, and I have okay cards, but some of the pots would get pretty big. And now there was a time (laughs) we started trading my second year all the guys who would play cards. And poker was the game for our team. And Flip Saunders would always call our group Gamblers Anonymous on the floor and off in the sense that we were gambling for steals like crazy on the court. And we had all these guys who would always be gambling on defense. And then on the plane, it was like seven or eight guys that were playing poker. So some of these dudes started getting traded. And the guys that were held over wanted to play so bad that it got to the point, and I would always just watch, it got to the point where they were a couple guys said, all right, we'll pool our per diem and you can play with that money. And then we'll have a, we'll have like a profit share. <laughs> so, so, so I was playing with who, who are the guys that were covering you? Who, who were the guys? Uh, Kev, Kevin Martin gave me his per diem. Yep. I want to say it was JJ Barea gave me some of his and I play with those two guys. And then it was, but I just, I like poker and I didn't, I haven't played it a lot since high school. It was so big when I was in high school with the Texas Hold'em being on TV and all that. I know it still is, but it doesn't have the same juice as it did when the World Series of Poker was really big. But yeah, I so I played uh I played with with their money, but they they wanted to play so bad and and then guys started getting traded and and shipped out. <laughs> and so I ended up playing with a little bit of a couple guys per diems. And it was fun. I mean, it really was, but the pots were uncomfortably big at times, you know. You they played they the are. first year with KG? Second year with KG. Did he? Did he play? Cards? He wouldn't. He'd watch, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't play. He, really? he wouldn't play. He, I yeah, can he, only imagine KG playing cards because, like, there's no bigger competitor than KG. I mean, yeah, we we yeah. should have honestly. It'd be great. It'd be a great episode. Literally, have people who played with Kevin against Kevin Garnett. The shit he did was insane on the court. I mean, yeah. some of the tactics he used to intimidate. Were He's ridiculous. he is a genius. Yeah. I, he really is. He. We were at Staples, and we were playing, I believe, the Lakers. And he did I, – I was on the bench sitting next to him, and he started yelling at a random player about these gambling debts that he owed him. So he's like, he's like, where the F's my money? Like, And he and he's going in on this dude. And this guy turns around, and he's like, I've never even met you. And this is during a free throw block. He goes, I've never even met you. What are you talking about? He's like, man, you got to pay up. <laughs> like he's yelling all this stuff and telling him he's going to pay up and the free throw ends and he runs down and Garnett laughs. And in his own way of saying it with some colorful language, he goes, man, that dude's not worried about the game at all. All he's worried about <laughs> is me and these gambling debts that he goes, I did. I just made up. It's, it's brilliant though. It truly is brilliant. Like that takes a different level of trash talking. And I mean, he just made it up. And he's Remember right. He got down in all fours. I think it was Jared Bayless who was who was taking the ball up the court, and KG got down in all fours to basically taunt him. And KG would the one thing I'll say 
he would go after the weak most of the no time. Doubt. He no was doubt. smart enough not to go after like a Charles Oakley type, something like that. <laughs> but there were no Charles Oakleys at right. the time when I, when I, there was when he first got in the league. Correct. But by the time Correct. at the end, yes. I don't think there was anybody like like him that was that type. All right, of let, let, let's get moving. Let's get moving to some some topics here because I know you might need a power nap here soon. Um, let's start with with the big news that uh, one Mike Shishovsky was in the building at Cameron yesterday. Um, Mike Bray, his former assistant. Played Notre Dame, uh, played Duke. Coach K had not been to a Duke game this year. He had been to a St. John's game just recently, a week or so ago. Remember the St. John's AD, Mike Craig, was an associate AD for 30 years with K at Duke. So part of it was that. Part of it was, I think he was in New York to watch his grandson play. Uh, I think he's at NYU now. So that made sense. You know, every time I asked anybody this year, and and I only asked, I remember in Portland, I asked a little bit. I was like, is Kay going to show up for any of these games? No, you know, it's tough for him. I said, what about, you know, game of Cameron? Well, it'd be tough to get him in and out with security and all that. I'm like, it's such a crock of shit. If he wants to come to a game, he can come to a game with security around. Nobody's going to bother him. He can get in and out, no problem. So last night he shows up, plenty of time before the game. Um hanging out, you know, uh, sitting next to his wife, watches the game, and he leaves right when the buzzer ends. And, you know, I, I just it, – it's it's weird to me, Rob. I don't know how you feel about this, but um, I, I'm not judging him at all. Like, I just feel like why wouldn't you want to come and support your player who just took over the program that you built for 40 years? You should be able to. And, and yeah, I know people may judge him a little bit and the camera's on him. Mark Mitchell hits us three at the end of the game to ice it. And Kay has no reaction where, you know, some people would say, look at Roy Williams in the stands. And he's, you know, he's dancing with his wife. He's having fun in the crowd, all that. To each their own. I'm not judging them. I'm just saying, like, be there. If you want to go to a game, go to a damn game. But maybe maybe he doesn't time. want to. Maybe he's like, dude, I've done this for 40 years. I I've been in the gym for 40 years. I can watch at home on TV and I, I agree. He should support John and I'm sure he wants to support John. And I'm sure he is supporting John, but I, totally I think, is. yeah, right. But I, maybe he just doesn't want to go. Maybe he thinks I've been doing this forever and I'd rather do other things. Well, we don't know. We you don't. know, we don't, we don't know that. Um, but I think it is cool that he got to go back and did everyone, was it handled appropriately? Like yeah. It, it was, yeah. Then maybe now he'll see that and he'll, he'll go to more games. That's what I'm hoping. He's gone to two college games now in the last two weeks, one at Cameron. So he's kind of, you know, that's it. He's done it. So it's not going to be quite as big a deal. You know, maybe it's a big deal if he goes to the Duke Carolina game next year or yeah, something like that, right. but you know, he can go to a game now. All right. He's already been not that big a deal. You already, you already did it once. Um, yeah, I, I think, again, it, it was just interesting how the first one was for Mike Bray, a guy that he hired that really was never part of, like, the Duke family, right? He didn't play there. Right. You know, Kay hired him. and But Bray, Bray is one of the best dudes in the in the, in the profession. You, you know him. I've known yep. him a long time. And we did a pod when it came out. I forget the day now that it came out, but it was while well, I was in Charleston. So it had to be, I don't know, early January, maybe. Yeah, it was, it was around about a month ago when it came out that, you know, and I'd heard it. Bray went in to Jack Swarbrick and they had a talk and it was basically like Bray 
kind of saying to Swarbrick, the AD at Notre Dame, you know what? This isn't working anymore. This isn't working. It's not good for me. It's not good for Notre Dame. I want to make sure this program's in a good spot. I'm going to step down at the end of the year. So they put out a release, and everybody kind of assumes at that point he's retiring. Shit, I did a pod with Jordan Cornette and a bunch of the, the former Notre Dame guys. Scott Martin was on it, your boy. And it was it was basically like an ode to Mike Bray. So yeah. I thought he was retiring at, at that point. And then <clears throat> I started to hear some stuff in the last couple of weeks that, no, Mike Bray still wants to coach. So I hit him up the other day. Sure enough, he's like, yeah, Jeff, like I, I, I still want to coach. I'm not done here. If somebody will still have me, you know, at a job that I want, um, I, I'm still in. And, you know, so I, I thought it was kind of cool that Case showed up for, for Bray, although it's kind of weird because he's not retiring now. <laughs> so that was the yeah, weirdest but part. It is the end of a great run at Notre Dame. I totally. mean, he has been there since the early 2000s. Think about how long he's he's coached there from like Chris Thomas and, oh, and Chris man. Quinn on through this year. It, it's been an amazing run at a school that cares so much about football. Yep. He's a great dude. You know, if you, if you know his, yeah, he is. Ambassador. If you yep. know his players, his players love him. Love him. Love, love him. Um, you know, at Luke Herringote's wedding, Coach Bray was there. All those guys, you can tell they they look up to him and they they have a great relationship with him. So I it's it's been an incredible run for, for Mike Bray. I, I'm fascinated to see where he goes. He's got some DC ties, I guess. Georgetown. I don't know if it is he a candidate for that job? I, I think he'll be on the list. I don't know how high, you know, if, if this had been five, six years ago, I would say it would have been a no brainer. Yeah. You know, he, they've fallen off at Notre Dame. They've fallen off. I mean, there's, there's no secret. And and I think part of it was staff. And I think part of it was, yeah, you're getting a little bit older. You're getting stale at Notre Dame. It's a tough job. It is a tough job. It he is. had done it a certain way, right? Red shirting dudes and being older. And now the problem is everybody's older. Yeah. Right. right. Well, and if you redshirt, you could just lose kids. And right. you you get a kid in Blake Wesley that you're like, oh, yeah, he's going to be a good player for us. And then he's a really good player for you in one year. And he's to the NBA. Right. I mean, that changes a lot there. Um, they don't have a guy. They don't have a guy. J.J. Starling's not a guy. Yeah. Right. He's young. He's yes. young. He's a good Yeah. Player. So where, where else do you think that it could be a landing spot for Mike Bray? You know, I would say if, if St. John's opens up, there's some connections there again. Mike Craig being Duke, you know, there's – you know, K. But didn't St. John said it's not opening up? No, it never said that. They're, they'll they'll no. they'll see if they can raise some money. It'll be about money for St. John's whether they can part ways with Mike Anderson. So there's still a chance that they make a move there. Um, you know, you know, it would be, like to me, a really good mid would be great for Bray. Like like if Pat Kelsey gets a job, gets a high major job, and like Charleston opens up, I could see that being. That'll be a job that every coach in America. I mean, that'd be a sweet place to live. Right. <laughs> and I mean, then you can win there too, on top of that. And you get to be, you know, probably neighbors with me next year in, in the Wait, winter. Are you buy, are you in the, the market to buy in Charleston now? So if anybody's listening, uh, if you know of a of a really good place south of, of Broad, uh that either... it's gotta be over two point five million though for Jeff's <laughs> budget. Nothing under two point five. It depends if uh we have to pay you big money. For the pod now. Now your yeah, demand, your demands have gone money. up. Your demands have gone up after this. Yeah, my demands of can I get a credential to the Final Four have just gotten out of control. <laughs> out of control. Um, so yeah, Bray, good, good to hear that that he'll stick around. We'll see what he'll get. If he doesn't, I've still said, 
and, and you know, the, the number one person I put on this, but he's not going to retire anytime soon. Uh, Charlie Baker is going to be the new Mark Emmert. Well, not the new, the, the improved Mark Emmert. Do we know improved? He's a governor. How could he not be better than Mark Emmert? Because Rob. he hasn't worked in sports. He's a Rob. governor. I don't know. You could Rob, be, you could, could be, be better. You could be better than Mark Emmert. I'm not saying I couldn't. I'm just oh. saying that someone could be oh worse. And we don't know anything about this dude other than There's that. There's no he has way been anybody could be worse than Mark Emmert. He's Emmer. been running Massachusetts. Has Massachusetts been well run for well under run. his watch? Yes. Yes. Oh, you like him. Uh -huh. I love Charlie. Yeah, I really like Charlie Baker. You know what well, Charlie Baker What is? does he know about mid-major basketball? What uh, he does played, he know he about the at Harvard, I think. I think he, he played at Harvard. Oh, yeah, because the Ivy League takes their basketball really seriously. <laughs> That's a great argument. I'm all oh, in. He he played at the at the place where they don't even give scholarships. That, right, he'll know so, well. so my idea then is Charlie Baker hires somebody. We've talked about this forever. With Dan Gavitt, hire somebody else with Dan to run college basketball. And my idea has been Matt Painter for years, but Matt Painter's not going anywhere right now. But he'd be good be. at it. Admit, admit. Leave, leave him be. But but I'm, I know, I know. I got you. I got <laughs> you. But tell me, Paint wouldn't be great at that. Job. No, he'd be awesome. He he knows the issues inside and out. He's on the committees. He's yes. he's as knowledgeable as any coach in the country at that stuff. He would be tremendous. Mike Bray would be pretty. But good. He should stay the coach at Purdue. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> all right. Mike Bray would be pretty good at it too. Mike Bray would be great. That's all I'm saying. Because you know what, Mike Bray is here. Here's something I probably said it on that podcast, but maybe I didn't. Mike Bray, kind of like you, you're similar. To Bray in this respect, I don't want to compare you to Mike Bray in too many respects because he's a he's an upstanding human being, a great guy. All of it. No, I know I know where your bodies <laughs> are buried. Uh, some of them, at least. Your high school buddies told me plenty of stuff. Oh uh, yeah. But I think both of you have the ability to tell it like it is without offending people, and that's a gift. That is for both of you. I, I, I think you can be honest. You do that well. You do. Like, you do that well. Mike Bray does it tremendous. Where he'll be honest, he'll be real, but not offensive. I I've never got that gift. Yeah, you don't have that 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 no. gene. I don't. I don't. <laughs> it's You're too Boston. You're too much like, like Charlie Baker. Yeah, yeah. No, Charlie, I think, is probably smarter than me about that. Hopefully. We'll see. Let's hope so. But, yeah, I think Bray would be good at it. All right, let's move on. Um. New Mexico State fired Greg Heyer yesterday, and uh, they never should have hired Greg Heyer in the first place. Um, I know that sounds weird, but uh, Mario Mokia, the the, the uh, AD there, uh, hired him this past year to replace uh, Chris Jans, who took him to the NCAA tournament, took him to a win over UConn, and then he left for Mississippi State. Greg Heyer's background, Rob, I'm going to give you a little background about him. All right, so he was – with Greg Marshall, when Greg Marshall strike one <laughs> hit Jack Morris, he punched him. So right. here's the background, little background on it. I'm doing the story in Greg Marshall three years ago, and I'm calling like 50 people. Literally, I called within a five month investigation at least 50 people, former players, former coaches, you name it, everybody. One of the calls I made, and I'd already gotten all the information from the players, from everybody that was there, what happened, got their accounts. But I literally called everybody that was there that I could talk to. I called Greg Heyer. Hey, Greg. And I knew him a little bit. Not great, but I knew him. Greg, here's the deal. I'm doing the story on Greg Marshall. 
I know you were there for the punch. Players told me you saw the punch. You were right there. Um, I, I want, you know, basically, I, I want to know on the record or off the record whether you can confirm this. Oh, Jeff, I, I, I can't. I can't talk about this on or off the record. I can't. And I'm like, Greg, you, you let this happen at the time. You let a coach punch a player at the time. That was a while ago. I get it. Um, so you made a mistake there, not not standing up to the coach and being a man. I said, you're not going to be a man now and tell me off the record that it happened. You don't you don't feel bad that you didn't do anything then for the player that you're now not even going to tell me that it happened off the record. No, no, Jeff, I, 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 I can't go there. I lost all respect for him, Rob, all respect for him. Um, and now all the, the, the stuff that came out again, he was there. He's a head coach. When a, a, a fight happens at a football game between his players and uh, at New Mexico, right at a, at a football game, and then I think the football game was at I don't know if it was at New Mexico or New Mexico State. Anyway, his players are involved. Mike Peak's one of the players involved in the fight. It's on video, everything, whatever they know about it. I don't think they did shit to the players in terms of. Um, you know, uh, suspending him or anything like that. It's preseason. It was like mid-October. And then Mike Peak goes, they play at New Mexico, and he is lured by a one of the people in the, in the fight, one of the students from New Mexico, uh, through one of their friends, a girl. Uh, they, they lure him to uh, an apartment building through like one of those date uh, dating apps or something. So he goes and he gets jumped and he ends up, he's got a gun and he ends up shooting and killing the New Mexico student uh, in self-defense, but he kills him. He kills him. Uh, there's some stuff that happens after that where hire is questioned by the police and he's all over the place, not really being um, forthcoming with it. You know, three players picked up peak in a Camaro after the shooting and you know, they're, they're still able to play. They're going to get things, some, some, uh, I don't know if it's police. I, I don't know what it'll be, but they're going to get things uh, where they get hit here soon. And now you've got this uh, hazing incidents, okay, by a younger player on the team a few days ago where three, three of the older players are hazing him over and over and over. And it started, Rob, a week or two after the shooting. Okay, in the locker room, some of it outside the locker room, where these three players are over and over hazing this kid, telling him to take off his 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 pants and and basically doing things to him in front of the entire team. Okay, I've talked to multiple players off the record about this, and they felt like, what could we do? These are three of the older players that are doing it. Um, now they the, the player himself did not go to the coaching staff. I know that, but. The coaching staff knew some of this stuff was going on, according to my sources. They might not. They have to. Those guys know everything that's going on with the team. I, you right? know, they do and they don't, Rob. Like, how much – here's what you can you can speak to. How much was Matt Painter and his staff in your locker room? After he wasn't. But I would hope that if something like that was happening on our team, that somebody would have the brains to go to the coaches and be like, all right, we might be afraid of these guys because I could – you know, maybe if that was the case, yeah. you should still help this kid. But if you are that afraid of them, go to the coach and be like, yo, they're doing this to him, right. and this is out of control, and you have to take care of it. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. 
That's what should have happened. I don't know if it did. I, I, we don't know the answer to that yet. The investigation is still going on. But ultimately, New Mexico State said, you know what? The chancellor, you're, you're done. You're done. Yeah. I mean, this is poor leadership at the highest level. I mean, they've won too much for this crap. Like, you don't need this guy to win. And that, they're that, losing. That they're like two and they're not even winning right and they're not even winning but even if they were they've had way too much success with other people before to hang their hat on one guy especially when this guy is doing the craziest shit that we've seen all year so what do you think of when, when i tell you that hazing it, it's disgusting it is disgusting like, have you heard much of that over the years anywhere no. in sports like no. in, in i mean even when I, when I was a rookie in the NBA, it was the year of the Richie Incognito stuff. So all the hazing stuff went out the window. The NBA said, don't do it. Like, that's done. Um, in college, we were treated nothing but great by the upperclassmen. Now, we didn't have upperclassmen who were necessarily super established. Like, we just lost Carl Landry and David Teague. So our older guys, Terrence Crump was a good player. But we didn't have, like, a, a load of upper – not that they'd be hazing us anyway, but – when I was in high school, the upperclassmen were great to, to us as sophomores. When I was in college, the juniors and seniors were great to us as freshmen. Um, I, I've never seen it. I'm very thankful for that. But that, that's pathetic. Disgusting. And, yeah. And I, it, it is disappointing that, that some of those guys wouldn't have the courage to go to them as they're treating this kid like this. I know. I felt that way, too. And but... say, and say yeah. dude, yeah. stop. Like, I'm not saying it's a fight them, but at least get them to stop and then and then go tell somebody that that can put an end to it. And the three players are are I haven't put their names out there yet. I assume they'll get out there through the investigation. If they don't, I'll put their names out. I will. I mean, they deserve it. They deserve yeah. it. One, one was kind of the ringleader from what I'm told, and you know, grabbing grabbing the kid's ass and and grabbing obviously other things yeah it's, um, it's just yeah just absolutely disgusting and and there's no i mean hopefully these kids never play college basketball again yeah. uh and go to counseling and and it, again just sad very sad all right let's move on to something uh happy let, let, let's give let's give chris collins and northwestern a little a little love here because they deserve it you've got their game tonight uh against indiana um where's the game tonight at Northwestern. Ooh, so they could they could pick off Indiana here. And you you and I are going to be there this weekend when Indiana hosts Illinois. Mm-hmm. Kind of a big game for both teams. I mean, every I feel like every it's game for second is for second place. I mean, this yeah. is a huge game. And wow. I think if North if Northwestern wins tonight, there is no denying that they are getting in, regardless of what yeah. happens, probably yeah. the remainder of the year. And I think they're in unless they just tank. But they've they done that before, Rob. They have. That's true. They have been known. Northwestern has yes. has had moments like that, and their schedule's not easy. Now they do have two in a row at home. Right. If they, I and mean, they got won. Indiana, and then they've got Iowa at home. Um, but this as long the as they, semi, the year, this is the biggest. Yeah, game I mean, I think every game is now the biggest game of the year for for yeah. Northwestern. That's true with the way that this season is. But they're at eighteen and seven. Um, they're nine and five in the league. I think. Chris Collins has done a phenomenal job. I think hiring Chris Lowry was something that has gone under the radar, but defensively they are, they have an identity and it helps when you've got a guy like Chase Adige who very well could win big 10 defensive player of the year. Um, Tonight you also have Tracy Jackson Davis who could win that award. I think Caleb McConnell's in there. I think Zach Eady's in there, but there is no defender as disruptive as Adige on the perimeter. 
know, he he has become almost like a, a shutdown corner. You know, it's it's, it's like his nickname should yeah. be off night. You know, because when you when you're going against him, he's he's that type of guy. He's physical. Um, he's he wrecks havoc off the ball. He gets steals. He leads the conference in steals. Northwestern is incredibly physical. I mean, I I thought in the Purdue game it was borderline like. What are the officials doing? Physically? Like a wrestling match. Oh my! I mean, what is the cylinder rule even in effect anymore? Marcus still- Brooks Barnizer would come in and post trap and leave his so feet. Tomahawk chop Zach Eady. Well, Zach Eady, you've seen him enough now. I don't know how many Purdue games you've done. You you've either watched or or done over the course of the year now. Some people early on in the season, it was unbelievable how many people were trying to tell me Zach Eady gets away with everything. Yeah, and I'm like, you're at it. What are you watching? This kid gets hammered because he is seven four. He gets yeah. absolutely crushed, hacked, and now it's gotten much worse because of how dominant he's become. The no, team realized totally. the only way is it's going to de- it's going to depend. I think for Purdue in a big time way for how the game is officiated in the NCAA tournament. If if they're if teams are allowed to do what Northwestern and you know what, give Northwestern credit in the sense that they had a game plan. And they it. went out and they executed and, and the refs didn't call it. Um, right. even though I I have no idea what the cylinder rule is at this point in the sport because it's it's so randomly enforced, it makes zero sense. It it needs to be looked at. We're calling it or we're not. And if we're not, fine, but let's let's make our minds up here. Um, but yeah, Northwestern was physical with their guards, which I think is kind of some of Purdue's kryptonite here with with young freshman guards. In Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith. Um, but you know what Northwestern has is is two guys in the backcourt that can get their own. And Bowie has played at an all Big Ten level for the last, I would say, month. And Collins Four told weeks. me preseason he had to. He had to. That was their only yep. chance. And Adige has elevated himself to one of the elite defensive players nationally, and his shot selection has improved tenfold from last year. You, he plays you the right way. Stand. Hey, you I had just, a hard time watching him last year. You know, and I was highly critical of Chase Adige and his shot selection. I, I have been nothing but one of his biggest fans this year because I, I really respect the fact that he's taken coaching. And when you talk to Chris Collins, he's always said, man, Chase is a great kid. He just wants to win. And sometimes he gets overamped <laughs> to the point where he's like, all right, I got to win this thing. And he's taken some bad ones. But this year he's been so much better. Um, you know, they've gotten guys like a Brooks Barnheiser who has really elevated his play Had the big game at Ohio state. Matthew Nicholson's made a big impact. He, he anchors their defense. He's physical. He blocks shots. Um, you know, he, he has, he has been a quiet revelation. And then I think Chris Lowry bringing the scheme. He's as good of a defensive coach as there is. Those Southern Illinois teams guarded their asses off. And I think the, the fact that they post trap everything, all right, you've got an identity. Let's work on it. Let's get good at it. Let's rotate out of it. And they do. So I, I give Northwestern a lot of credit. I think going forward, if you're the, if you're the cats, you got to extend them. I think they're, if they make the tournament, which I think they're going to, I think Chris Collins deserves an extension and the university and their boosters. I think the mindset has to be, all right, we've got this COVID year with Audige and Bowie. We have to commit to some NIL to keep them there and bridge this to to the next class that Collins can bring in. I mean, here's the thing. If they go, Rob, you're still talking. I know it's been a lean five years, the last five years, right? But it's never happened before. And he's got them there once and he could get Two them back. Seven again. years. I mean, if I had told you Northwestern gets to the tournament 
twice every seven years. You'd say lifetime contract. Exactly. That's what you'd say. You'd get him the lifetime deal. Now, if I'm Chris Collins, if I'm Chris Collins, do I do I look elsewhere right now? Poke around? Can I get the notice? only thing would be is you could reset your clock, right? You could you could yes. reset your clock for. He's got a new AD at Northwestern yeah. that didn't hire him. But I think you know his debt. His parents are here. Yeah. He's from here. Notre Dame he's, would be the only one. Notre yeah, Dame, no, no doubt. But he's he's built this, and he's yep. he's done a lot of historic firsts for that university. Totally. First time ever making the tournament. Yep. Recently. First time they've ever beat a number number one team in the country. I mean, he he's done a lot for this program, and I I think that even though there's been some lean years, you guys talked about it on the after dark with with Megan last night, and she knows better than anybody with her dad being the women's coach there. It's not easy, no, no because crazy. the academics are are really tough to to get kids into school. It's a small school. You've got to look at it like can this can this be like a Duke? Yep, it yep. hasn't been. Nope. I mean, no one's been able to get it like that. It's it's not an easy job, especially in the Big Ten, where all these schools have so much history, tradition, and money. Yep. All right, last topic before we go. Uh, we got to talk about the masked marauder, uh, Hunter Dickinson, walking into the arena last night. Um, three minutes. Let, let's encapsulate this a little bit with Hunter. He goes to Wisconsin. It's the kind of rematch of the Juwan Howard, Greg Gard. Battle. On Valentine's Day, which is ironic for whoever did that at the league office. Thank That's you very much. No doubt. What are they doing? Uh, <laughs> you know, Hunter's talked a lot of shit about Wisconsin. And really scumbags. Yep. Yeah, calling them scumbags um, on his pod. He does his pod on Barstool for people that don't uh, under that don't know. I actually was on that pod because Hunter and, and Jordan Bohannon asked me to go on. Um my biggest issue with it is I don't think those at Barstool, the guy's name is like Marty Mush or something. I don't think they have Hunter's best interests at heart there. I think they're just poking Hunter to try to say crazy shit. And I don't think it's good for Hunter. That's what I would say. Some of these kids, a lot of them are doing podcasts now. And if they've got the right people around them, like CJ Frederick does one uh, for Field of 68. And we try to help him. We're not trying to get him to say flammable stuff. We want we want him to get better at it if he wants to do it. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's a great opportunity to to do some media stuff yes. as a player. Yes, with Hunter, I feel like all it's about is trying to get him to say flammable shit. And that, there, there's right. just been too there's been too many bulletin board things that have come out of this. You know, the Arizona State thing certainly comes to mind. Now we have we have this, and I think Hunter is an engaging person when you speak to him. I, I've always enjoyed talking to Hunter Dickinson. He's a great player. Yep. But it, it just, there's not many people that can go full all in WWE heel. What and, did he do and, last night? Tell people what he did last night. Well, he, he wore the ski, the ski mask into the game. Yep. And then he, he certainly had leaned into talking crazy shit to the Wisconsin student section. So it, it became I, in the starting lineups. I was so interested to to how is Jawan Howard and how is Hunter Dickinson going to be received in this arena at the Cole Center? And to start the game, Jawan Howard was booed much more than Hunter was. But if they introduced those guys at the end, it would have totally flipped. (laughs) Hunter in 40 minutes had managed to, I mean, every bucket he was gesturing on the way back to the student section and 
you know, shooting free throws. And, and, there weren't and many buckets it. in the second half. No, though. and that's the that's the thing is if you are going to talk that amount of trash, yeah. you have to be able to back it up. And in fairness to him, they didn't do a great job of getting him the ball. He took like three shots. Wisconsin was fronting him and and changing up to three quarter, and the guards weren't doing a great job of getting it to him. The ball wasn't moving. He was trying to post up for the next pass, but then the next pass wasn't getting to him. And those bigs are at the mercy of the guards to get them the rock. And I just, you cannot wear a ski mask into 14 and 12 Wisconsin and lose and play and give and get 12 and nine. And when you're not really do believe I like Hunter Dickinson. I enjoy talking to him. I agree with you that I think this podcast is not set up to help him. I think it's set up to get barstool clicks and likes. And that's that's what I think about the way that that pod has gone, but I, I think it's great that players have pods. I think they can well, they can reach. Here's my take, Rob. Here's my take. They can what, they can practice? There's a lot. What does Hunter like want? What does Hunter want more than anything to get to the NBA? Right. That's yeah. what he wants. How is this helping him? With in the view of it's NBA not. guys, how is this helping? It's not. Of course, it's not, not helping him. Of course, it's. I not. mean, he helping yourself to get to the NBA is going out and balling. Right. That's that's how you help yourself. And you can have fun. You can play with emotion. All that. You want to talk some shit on the court? That's no. Fine. And, right. And I I think he does that. And I think that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of guys that talk trash. And I think right. that, that it's something that gets certain guys going. And I think that it gets him going at times. But the crazy thing about Hunter Dickinson is, is it's by no means has he had a bad year. He's top five in, in rebounding, scoring, and blocks. You know, in in the Big Ten. Yep. But I just think from a team standpoint of success it's certainly been disappointing um and not all that's his fault i mean their bench is incredibly limited they have that's a very right. limited bench they have a no, very Hunter's limited done his part he's yes. done his he has part, done his part. nobody's totally. saying he hasn't again just and i'm not even blaming all the podcast stuff on him other than the decision to do it with the people he did it with that's yeah. my biggest problem if he had done a different pod with people he trusted they would have told them, you know what, Hunter, cut this. Sh- We're not going to put you in these spots, number one. Number two, if we do ask you this, you know, here's what you need to say. Like, he, these are college kids. They need help with how to deal with media. They need sure. training. They need For a lot of kids, it's your first time going through he's this. He's getting none of that. He's getting none of that. And I feel bad. I feel I bad know. for Hunter that, again, these guys are honestly – taking advantage of Hunter for themselves and clicks in their own uh, careers. And they're not going to give a shit about Hunter Dickinson in a year. That's my biggest problem, Rob. No, I I think, I think that's totally fair. All right. Listen, go get your, your, your nap. Go, you know, I know you got shoot around here in a little bit, go get your nap and uh, we'll, we'll talk next week. Thanks for uh, joining us. Goodman and Hummel pod. I'm actually going to see you in a couple of days in Bloomington and we're going to, uh, we're going to have a little fun on the streets of, of Bloomington. There is a zero chance of that, but I'll see you at dinner, okay? Got it. Later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.